When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma trip to Texas. So go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip for you about dreamed versus dreamt. A piece about why we drive on a parkway and park on a driveway. And finally, a tidbit about what I call the brick and bracken buffalo sentence. But first, I have an announcement. I gave a TEDx talk about language change a few weeks ago, and now you can watch it on YouTube. Just do a Google search for Grammar Girl TEDx. I'll also put a link in the show notes so you'll be able to see it if you're listening on your phone or tablet. If you like the video, please leave a comment or share it with your friends. And now, an answer for the dreamers. A few years ago, a man named D. Chap wrote in and said, quote, I was thinking about the words dreamed and dreamt. I've heard it used both ways, and I've seen it written both ways. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me about what the proper usage would be if there is one. You don't say cremped when you're trying to say creamed, or the same thing with gleamed and glimped. You never hear those. So I was wondering what the proper usage was for dreamed versus dreamt, unquote. The reason he's confused is that dreamed and dreamt are both allowable past tense forms of the verb to dream. Dreamt is the irregular form and is often described as the British version of the word. However, a Google Books Ngram search shows that dreamed is more common than dreamt in both British and American English. Still, dreamt is on more equal footing in Britain than in America. Dreamed is used only about two and a half times more often than dreamt in British English, but about seven times more often than dreamt in American English. You can use whichever form you prefer, but dreamed will probably look more normal than dreamt to your readers. And that was your quick and dirty tip. And now I have a piece by Eric Deckers. George Carlin once famously asked, why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? And the crowd went nuts. Of course, the crowd would go nuts for anything Carlin said, but that's not important right now. Carlin's razor wit notwithstanding, there's a reason we park on driveways and drive on parkways. A perfectly sound etymological reason, and one that you can use the 37th time you see the question on Facebook. According to the Online Etymology Dictionary, the word way comes from the Old English word weg, W-E-G, which means road, path, or course of travel. 
It's also from the Proto-Germanic Vegas, W-E-G-A-Z. If a street is named, for example, Pirate's Way or Broadway, it means the road may have once been a path. Or even better, a path used by pirates who sang show tunes. The word parkway is an Americanism created between 1885 and 1890. Both the Random House Dictionary and Dictionary.com tell us the word is a simple mashup of both park and way. It's literally a path to or through a park. According to the New York City Parks Department, Eastern Parkway was the world's first parkway. Designed by architects Calvert Vox and Frederick Law Olmsted in 1866, Vox and Olmsted originally started working together in 1857 to develop the Greensward Plan, which later became known as Central Park. Their parkway was designed as a landscaped road for pleasure riding and driving, and led to Prospect Park, which was also designed by Vox and Olmsted. You walked or drove on the path to and through the park with your horse and carriage. Their two-mile design called for a 55-foot-wide carriage drive between two pedestrian malls and four rows of trees. There were even side roads for delivery wagons. Eventually, the carriages and wagons were replaced by automobiles, and the paths were paved over, and they became major commuter routes carrying heavy traffic into and out of the city. While many parkways still maintain the landscaped median and shoulders, as well as its limited access and lack of pedestrian traffic, others only carry the name and lack any natural aesthetic or beauty. The name parkway may remain, but rarely are they driven on for pleasure, especially during rush hour. But what about driveways? Those are so short you don't even drive on them so much as you slowly coast to a stop. They exist primarily as a place to park your vehicle and to give heart attacks to fat guys shoveling after a snowstorm. Despite their relatively short length, driveways are named for much longer roads you could drive on. The online Oxford Dictionary says a driveway refers to a short private road leading from a public road to a house or other building. Like Parkway, driveway is another Americanism. We began using driveway after the American Civil War, combining the words drive and way. While most driveways are small and short, nothing more than a concrete slab between the road and our garages, some driveways can be rather long, like those leading up to commercial buildings or the large country estates one finds in Downton Abbey. Another term for driveway is the word dooryard which is used in New England, primarily in Maine, according to Martha Barnett, co-host of the radio show Away With Words. Merriam-Webster's online dictionary says dooryard was first used in 1764, referring to the yard next to the door of the house. Just a couple of days ago, I found a tweet from Central Maine Power advising customers to stay clear of power lines while clearing snow from their dooryard. So while the rest of the country calls that concrete slab between the road and the garage the driveway, some of our neighbors in the land of the lobsters still apparently prefer the older term dooryard. 
If you're one of those people who likes to have an answer for everything, or if you respond to jokes with an explanation that starts with, actually, now you have an answer to George Carlin's classic question about parking on driveways and driving on parkways. Parkways were unpaved paths that originally went to and through parks, and the word emerged when we were still traveling by horse and carriage. The word driveway came much later, when we were regularly driving cars, and we needed to describe the short road you drive on to get to your stately mansion. That segment was by Eric Deckers, a professional writer and public speaker from Indianapolis, and the co-author of three books, Branding Yourself, The Owned Media Doctrine, and No BS Social Media. Thanks, Eric. Finally, let's talk about that brick-and-bracken-buffalo sentence. I've always been annoyed by the buffalo sentence. You probably know the one I mean. It has eight buffaloes in a row, and is actually a real sentence that means something. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Today, I decided to wrestle it to the ground and figure out what it means, once and for all. It uses three different meanings of the word buffalo. First, it's the name of a city in New York. We should visit Buffalo next week. Second, it's a plural noun that describes a herd of animals of the bison genus. I saw eight buffalo on the prairie. And finally, it's a verb that means to trick, fool, or bamboozle. I'm pretty sure I can buffalo John into thinking we were at the conference. We can substitute those three meanings of buffalo to make the sentence understandable. But the thing that helped me understand it the most was a sentence diagram, and I'll put a picture of that on the transcript of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com. Here's why the sentence diagram helped. First, you can look at the simplest form of the sentence without all the modifiers and the restrictive clause. Just subject, verb, object. That gives you buffalo, 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 or bison trick bison. Then you add the modifiers that tell you where the bison are from. They are bison from the city of Buffalo. That gives you buffalo, 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 or buffalo bison trick buffalo bison. Finally, you add the trickiest part, a restrictive clause in the middle that tells you the first group of New York bison are themselves tricked by bison from the same town. Let's go halfway there first. Buffalo bison, New York buffalo bison trick, trick buffalo bison. Here's an expanded version. New York bison that are tricked by other New York bison, also themselves trick other New York bison. And one final way, with all the buffaloes and a little bit of explanation, buffalo, buffalo, bison from New York, buffalo, 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 that New York bison trick, buffalo, 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 trick New York bison. If you're still having trouble, come to the page and look at the sentence diagram. And the next time someone acts superior and asks if you know what the buffalo sentence means, just say, sure, Grammar Girl has me covered. 
I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you know me as Grammar Girl. Remember to check out my TEDx talk at YouTube. Just search for Grammar Girl TEDx. This episode was recorded in the studios at the Reynolds School of Journalism at the University of Nevada and is produced in partnership with Macmillan Holdings. That's all. Thanks for listening. No matter what you're a fan of, Texas has the trip for you. There's the trip to Texas and the trip. Or maybe you're the kind of fan who'd prefer a trip to Texas or a trip. Either way, go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel.